Yeah, we know it'll never happen, but hey, it's worth a shot. Hollywood, hire us. So here's 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 something that this is made me think of. The Legend of King Solomon's Mine with uh, Alan Quartermain. Oh, yeah. We could re- they need to remake that for one. I don't know if they've ever thought about it. Mm-hmm. But that's another one you could mash up with um, Indy. Same kind of era. Have him and Quartermain. Uh, interesting fact about that movie. The female villain that they fight when they get into the temple or whatever is Cassandra Peterson. Well, I'll be damned. Is Elvira. Hello, darling. Come in, come in. Couldn't, um... It's been a long time since I've seen him, but couldn't you mash up Romancing the Stone and Jewel of the Nile, perhaps, with King's All in Minds? Maybe. I mean, I, those movies were fun enough the way they were. I wonder what else you could mash them up. You could, you could mash that up with Uncharted or Tomb Raider. Right. Those were so fun. They were. Oh, my God. That was so... Like, I don't... You probably couldn't do them now. Like, I don't know if you could get Douglas and uh, Kathleen Turner to do it again. No. But could they have a kid? That continued the swashbuckling adventures? Maybe. Sure. Maybe a kid that came became an author. It doesn't have to necessarily be a female, right? It could be they have a son who writes romance novels under a female pen name. <laughs> or he's continuing to write as Joan Wilder, his mom's name. I, I was leaning that way. Okay. Making it, making... The, the, the sexuality doesn't nest we don't know, maybe? Mm-hmm. Maybe a little ambiguous, maybe a little gender fluid. Yes. Um, but doing the swashbuckling thing would be... Even that in and of itself would be kind of fun, because you always see these, like... I mean, they kind of switched up for Tomb Raider, you know, having a female swashbuckling adventure, but it's always this, you know... It's always someone like Brendan Fraser or, you know, or Harrison Ford... You don't have, like, a gay swashbuckler, you know? Other than Errol Flynn. Um, well, okay. Nah. And Zorro and the Gay Blade. Zorro and the Gay Blade. So, okay, this ca- well, let's, let's go down this little rabbit hole here. That might be the start of a new episode we might do with the Jewel of the Nile rabbit hole I'm falling in. He's going to... I don't want to make it the stereotypical, like, overly feminine, gay... No, no. Where basically this character's going to fall into playing the female role. I don't want that. I still want it to be a realistic character that's not a caricature. Right. That does write romance novels using his mom's name to keep the like legacy of mom going. Mm-hmm. And not not saying that mom is dead, mom's there and her and Kirk Douglas is Michael Douglas is not Kirk Douglas. <laughs> Let's bring Kirk Douglas into this. Michael Douglas, uh, his character, they've they're retired off on a boat mm-hmm. enjoying their golden years. Continuing to write these romance novels, somehow gets pulled into maybe, maybe the son likes to use some of the money to uh, instead of making up facts and stuff for exotic locales for the books, actually goes to these exotic locales to get like inspiration, mm-hmm. and then gets sucked into some sort of adventure. And I don't want to let's let's take this whole. There's going to be a romance between them out. Maybe, maybe not. Cause uh, so he's gonna meet another swashbuckling type character like his dad and fall in love. Now let's make it a we'll gender bend the Michael Douglas character into a female, and that way there's not gonna be a romance. <laughs> you think there's going to be one, but there isn't. Yeah, well we have we haven't established that the kind like how they did in Stranger, kind of like exactly. how they did in Stranger Things season three. You're like. Oh, they're going to get them together. Wait, she's what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we we haven't established for sure that the son is gay. You're watching it going, yeah, he might be, but then he'll do something really manly and go, okay, maybe not. Okay. Really, like, poke at the people's predispositions in the audience. And you get this, and she's going to be all, like, awesome and, like, tough and strong, and you're like, lesbian. No. <laughs> but it becomes more of a brother-sister, friend-type relationship yeah. that they can continue as they go into the next movies. I like it. And then that spawns him to stop writing as Joan Wilder and write as himself, and he starts writing adventure novels. 
with the inspiration of this character that he met. Hmm. Okay. I like that. Hollywood, I want money. <laughs> money. <laughs> you can get somebody who knows how to write a script to fill in the blanks. Come on. I can give you the broad strokes here. <laughs> I, I we just, that was dirtier than I want, meant it. Yeah, we just want story by credit. We don't want screenplay by credit. No, no, I want <laughs> I want plausible deniability for if it sucks. <laughs> um, I was just thinking. Remember all the cop movies and stuff in like the early '90s to mid '90s and everything. Like, um, oh shoot, the one that Kath you were talking about. We've been talking about Kathleen Turner. What was it? Bi Wachowski or whatever. Yeah. A good movie. Yeah. And I like, forgot about that one. And Cuffs with Christian Slater. Cuffs? Oh my god, that was a good one too. To a lesser extent, Kindergarten Cop. There were some good moments of that. The 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 moment where he uh almost beats the crap out of the abusive father. Oh dude, that was a good one. That like I keep seeing that just that clip pops up on Facebook every now and again. It's one of those feel-good moments of just like <laughs> And the, the little lady that played the principal just thought it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just, um, you know, all those, I like, I feel like there's some sort of formula, some way to mash all of that crap together, but I just can't put my finger on You can on. get Cuffs and V.I. Wachowski, and you can get um, Bruce Willis's from Striking Distance. What about from Hudson? What did he do in Hudson? He was Hawk, a cat burglar in Hudson Hawk. Okay, okay. That kept time by singing. That moment of silence was uh, me mourning Hudson Hawk. <laughs> I love, I'm not going to say loved. I liked the movie. I enjoyed the movie. I liked. Yep. K9. K9, which was the same thing. With uh, Belushi. Like somehow get them all together, like in their training days, like before they became detectives, police academy. So we can match those up with police academy. Yeah. Okay. I'm okay with that. I think uh, Evil, like Popcon or whatever con that's supposed to be in Evansville, they keep advertising. Uh, Leslie Easterbrook is supposed to be at it, I believe. Refresh my memory. Uh, she was in Devil's Rejects. She was also in Police Academy. Sure. She was the blonde that everybody was in love with. Like the okay. big busty blonde. Uh, crap, what was her name? I don't know. I don't remember. All I remember is uh, Tackleberry. And yeah. That actor sadly has passed away. But Gutenberg's still around. Bobcat's still around. David Spade's still around. <laughs> Fucking forgot David Spade was in that film. <laughs> You know how long it's been since I've seen any of the fucking Police Academy films? Oh, it's been a long time for me. Although I keep hearing that damn song on the radio that was played in the gay biker bar. keeps coming on the radio and that's all I picture is those two walk those two idiot cops or whatever walking into there ah I remember the other idea I came up with while I was uh, driving around earlier um so you have the um you have the TV series again not seen it yet the TV series Castle Rock mm -hmm. which basically puts all the Stephen King characters into basically like one universe sort of yes I've seen it it's really good I've seen both seasons sadly they're done Aww. There's only two seasons of it. Boo. I know, right? Because you would think that'd be a concept that could just keep on giving for like seasons and seasons it, and It seasons. could. And they were doing this thing about there being multiple realities. Um, having one character switch places with, say, his alternate Earth version of himself or something. It was a weird thing. And, uh, I mean, and it takes place near Shawshank because it talks about Shawshank prison a lot. Yeah. They updated it basically. Uh, other than that, it was, it was not something that really hooked me. So I don't know. I think the guy that did the most recent it movies is yeah. the one wanting to do it. Oh, okay. Well, in, in that case, Flanagan, I'm like, right? Is that my, is that no, um, 
Andy something. Oh, maybe it's not. Maybe it's the guy that did Pet Cemetery. I don't know. Somebody who's done a recent Stephen King property. Muschetti or something like that. Yeah, somebody who's done a recent Stephen King property that was successful is wanting to do Salem's Lot. And I hope it's somebody that loves the book as much as me or more. Because <laughs> that's what it's going to take, I think, to be able to make that movie successful. Is somebody who's going to be able to look at that book, make a screenplay adaptation of it, that's going to be true to the book, and make the necessary changes that you have to do for a movie right. that we all hate, but has to happen. Yeah. And... Still stay true to the book, to the characters, that town, because that book is more about the town than it is the vampires anyway. Okay, gotcha. It really is, because that's why it's titled Salem's Lot. Right. And it's a lot about the people of this town have invited this vampire in, whether they know it or not. And, yeah, I kind of really want them to do that. I'm, they tried to do a TV series of Under the Dome, which that book was interesting. But the TV series lost me after like a couple seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, well, on there, um, shit, I lost my train of thought. Maybe it was the guy that did Doctor Sleep that wanted to do Salem's Lot. Okay, I haven't seen Doctor Sleep yet, but I I need to see. We're it's it's very high on our to do list because of my entire family loves The Shining. So. You need I I would say do a back to back. Oh hell yeah, that's even better. Um. Yeah, it, do, it does kind of more follow with the Kubrick movie. Well, yeah, because that's the one that everybody... Everybody knows. But the book is more of a sequel to the book, The Shining. Uh, and I also highly recommend reading it or getting it, like, listening to the audiobook. Okay. Because there's only a few books that I know that when I was reading them, I could not put them down. Like a handful. And that was one of them. Nice. <laughs> Because it's one of those, once you start to see, you've got, all right, you got Danny. Clearly, we got to follow Danny. He's going to be in it. You got this, these other new characters that they've introduced. And clearly, there's a collision course going to happen. Mm-hmm. They're all going to come together. And I was just uh, wanting to get to that point. Because <laughs> it is, you, you, all right, here's a few chapters about Danny. Here's a few chapters about new character. Here's a few chapters about the villain. And then you start to piece together why these three things are connected. And then it's like, oh, shit, they're going to have to collide. And mm-hmm. it's going to be fucking chaos. And I want to read this so bad. <laughs> <laughs> right. As with all good books. And I, I, I keep hearing talks about uh, Christopher Rice and Rice's son doing something where they're going to do a series of the Vampire Chronicles. Oh, wait, we got to backtrack and I got to finish my thought. Okay. Because I started talking about Castle Rock and then we kind of got... Yeah, we... We, we kind of quagmired into Stephen King's films. Back to, back to Castle Rock. My my idea for the mashup was someone from, someone from Castle Rock, Maine decides to move to a small little town called Erie, Indiana <laughs> and starts yes! solving supernatural... and ends up having to solve supernatural problems because... They've already had to struggle through supernatural problems in their other hometown. Oh, my God. Just be like, why can't I move anywhere normal? Right? Exactly. Area. Yeah. That, there's a show that, like, I don't think anyone remembers, let alone, like, gave any credit to. Area Indiana was a good show. It was good. It was good. I enjoyed that. Had, like, the kid on the bike, right? Wasn't he running around trying to do shit? Even if you don't... That's still a good idea in general, even if you don't have those two references. Just someone moves from a town that's known for paranormal bullshit, and then they move to this town, and paranormal bullshit starts happening, and everybody turns to them and goes, hey, and they're like, fuck. That'd be like somebody moving from uh, Santa Carla, um, California, which is the Lost Boys town. (laughs) Right. And then they move to that place in Alaska. From 30 Days of Night. <laughs> right. And they're like, God damn vampires again. Like, God damn it. Son <laughs> of a whore. <laughs> all right. All right. I know what you got to do. Who's the fucking main guy here? Who's the father of a kill that fucker? <laughs> Just <laughs> that's I think that's therein is my is my is my little ball of fun right there is just taking somebody who's already dealt with this stuff. They've moved to a town where they think it's all going to be nice and peaceful and idyllic. 
and then bullshit starts happening. Then they're like, I mean, that's kind of in essence, it's kind of how Buffy. That's kind of how the Buffy seasons. Yes, Buffy exactly. So I was getting starts. ready to say it was the same She's thing. Like, Are you fucking kidding me with this again? More vampires, <laughs> damn it! Fucking, <laughs> I go from L.A. to a damn hell mouth. Fucking hell! What is my life? <laughs> yeah, you're the chosen one. Shit just follows you. <laughs> yeah, well, that would be. I think that'd be just. That's just a fun concept in general. Yeah. Um, the re- the reluctant hero. Yes, another another concept I really liked. Uh, comic book. The comic books pulled it off a little better than the movie. Sadly, was League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh yeah. This concept of these literary characters all exist in this universe together, and now mm-hmm. we're going to make a super group out of them to fight some evil. It, it was a good. It was a good concept. The comic books did a little bit better with it, I think. Well, um, yeah, because it's Alan Moore. Yeah. Man, he's not happy with anything of his has been adapted. Uh, no. In in certain cases, I can understand it, like that one in particular. Hell From Hell was good. I liked the adaptation they did. I did that. like that adaptation. And the people who uh, adapted it, they, they liked the comic, but they also are fans of the Jack the Ripper like, mythos. mythos. Yeah. And so they tried to work in as many of the... Theories possible of, theories yeah. of the identity as they could. I know. That and was, then they had to pick one and go with it. Like, yeah. for the end of the movie. But I liked I liked that aspect of it. Yeah. I yeah. loved watching the behind the scenes, like the making of, of mm-hmm. when they came up, like they were really meticulous on the crime scene photos to try to recreate them for the movie. Yeah. But Johnny Depp's Inspector Aberlane from that era of London and mix it with like Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> like they just cross paths or something. Yeah. Him and uh, RDJ. Yeah. They're going into the same hookah bar. Right. There we go. Going into the same opium den. Sorry. I mean, if you really, if you wanted to screw with time, we could mash up two Sherlock's. With Benedict and Robert. (laughs) That would be fun. You know, there there is a, a Hound of the Baskerville movie out there. A few other Sherlock movies where Matt Frewer is Sherlock Holmes. Oh, I bet that was fun. Yeah. I, I like Matt Frewer. He needs to be in more things. He was really good as the villain in that Generation X TV movie. Uh, oh, my, uh, in, in case the eerie, I, in case the eerie Indiana idea fell through, I also had the idea of taking someone from Castle Rock and having them move to Fear Street. <laughs> because Fear Street is now a thing. Yes, it is, isn't it? Just having them move anywhere that there's stupid crap like that happening. It's like, I quit. I quit. <laughs> okay, so what was the tangent we were going off on when we when we started moving and talking about Castle Rock and all that stuff? Oh, God, I don't remember. And by the way, was there a Needful Things store in Castle Rock? Because there goddamn should have been. Missed opportunity. There was, there was a store that Tim Robbins' character owned that kind of had a little bit of everything in it. But I don't think it was. I don't think it was like a Needful Things reference. Damn it! Um, I, the fact they had Tim Robbins in it. Yeah, that's, that's cool. He 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 stole that season. It was a battle between him and Lizzie Kaplan's character, as far nice. as acting goes, about who was stealing that show. Because <laughs> I think the choices that she made really kind of harkened back to Misery, mm-hmm. and like she the what. Like slow cadence, the way she talked, it I, I it was really good. I <laughs> I've got to watch that. It's it, again, it's high up on my to do list because I love Stephen King stuff. But yeah, that'd be really cool if you could find a way to like interconnect everything Stephen King all together. Which I was in hopes that that's what Castle Rock was going to do and just keep doing for seasons and seasons. Yeah, that was the plan. Yeah. Like they kind of um, one of the guys that wrote season one. Is Kevin Smith's co-host on Fat, Fat Man Beyond, uh, Mark Bernardin, who mm-hmm. also worked on <sighs> Treadstone. That's why he didn't do season two of Castle Rock. He was working on Treadstone, which was the Born Identity show. Oh, okay. Uh, he also worked on Alphas. Huh? Alphas. Oh, okay, yeah. I think that was a show he wrote for, too. 
Um, but he said that they were kind of given this uh, list of the Stephen King properties they were allowed to somehow utilize. Oh, so you and can there only was like, one. but there was like it was like almost no limit. Nice. I mean, sure, they, I don't think they could flat out use Pennywise, but they could mention Dairy. That's true. I mean, you could call, you could do Easter eggs. Because if I were, he said the writer room, they had things planned out in Castle Rock, like because there was a question about were there are there any vampires in there, and he's like, well, we just never went into that house. Because <laughs> the writer's room, they had the whole town mapped out. And there was a house that I think they said that was going to be the vampires, whatever were left out of Salem's lot Mm -hmm. were there. See, because what I would have done is I would have told all those stories and kind of led up to the final season being the stand. (laughs) I, you know, I don't have that's on CBS All Access, right? Which is now Paramount Plus. Yeah, I kind of want to see the well, I kind of want to see it, but I kind of don't because I I haven't heard anything good about it. Really? The cast looks really good. You would think that, but <laughs> I heard it's not that great. Oh, I mean, are they are, are, com- are they trying to compare it to the other one that was like forty five hours long? One forty five hours long. It was eight hours. Long. <laughs> Actually, it wasn't even eight hours long if you take out all the commercials. Uh, my uh, brother in law had them on VHS, and I think it was like four, oh yeah, it's like four VHS four tapes. tapes. Um, it was good, and the cast was good. I loved that. Brother. Can you imagine, like? The effects are so much better now. Yeah, I know you, but with this one, um, they tell it in a weird order. Like they uh, don't go chronologically. Ah, uh, I hate it when you do that shit. Yeah, there's no need to do that. Don't start Not me off with that one. That's what I get when certain like crime shows or mystery shows, um, espionage shows, whatever, and they start you. In the middle of all this, like, chaos, and then, like, what the hell? 16 hours earlier. Right, right. For a show? For one hour? Okay, I get that. That's fine. But for that trope to be a series? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> yeah, because supposedly, like, the show starts with them already in Denver and cleaning up everything, and you're like, okay, so how the fuck did we get here? What happened? You know, you just... Like, if you've never seen the original show or read the book or anything, you'd be, like, super goddamn confused. Like, what the fuck's going on? You know? Huh. So I don't... I don't know. That's that's the criticism I heard about it. It's just... I think that's people just overthinking it at that point, right? Trying to... How can we make this creative and catch people off guard? Don't. Yeah, I know. You've already got the audience you want hooked. You're doing a modern update to the stand. Mm-hmm. Just do that. You've got a great cast. You have access to better effects than they did when they did the TV miniseries. Mm-hmm. Just do it. Follow it. No one cares. If they can read along to the book and see what's going to happen, who cares? Right. <laughs> and as far as I'm concerned, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still salty that they didn't full-on do a Dark Tower series. But Well, I think they're still working on that. A Dark Tower series. I think they're going to ignore the movie. You'd have to at this point. Because and, and rightly so, because that movie was not good. That's And that's sad because, that's what I again, McConaughey, perfect. Yeah, McConaughey as the man in black. And, and, and Idris, Idris Elba. Elba as Roland. I mean. Yeah, you would think that would just, you know, that'd be all you need, right? Yeah. <laughs> They, they worked the kid in a bit too early, I think. I think they tried to really cram too much into it. And granted, I'm going to here. I'm gonna steal your phrase and not read it. <laughs> not seen it. I have not read the Dark Terror series. I haven't either. I know my friend Kat is going to probably kick my ass. I don't think she listens to this, but I'm sorry, Kat. I have not read the Dark Terror series. It's one of those... If I'm going to start a book series... I don't want it to be so daunting of a task that I'm going to have to dedicate the next how many years of my life to, to, read, to read. And that one is so far into it now that I'm just, it's uh, no, it's like supernatural. We're 20 seasons now. 15. 15. But it's done. I know, but still I'm like, it's 15 seasons. Do I really have 
that much time with all the other stuff I want to oh, read I'm and still watch. Gonna. <laughs> That's just yeah. I, I like it when you. I don't. I mean, I, I feel sorry for the actors and people involved. When it's like two seasons and they cancel it. But you know what? That means I get to watch those two seasons and go. I finished something. Moving on to the next. True. <laughs> I get that. But yeah, um, the Dark Tower. I liked. I liked what Ron Howard wanted to do originally. He wanted to do like. He wanted to start with like a movie and then do like a series, you know, in between and then like another movie. And series in between, like, kind of like that. I think. Which would have been a good idea, but no one wanted to greenlight it, the financing. He's a, He was ahead of his time, because he was talking about that 10, 15 years ago. I know. And now look what Marvel's doing. And you could have done it now. Yeah. So he was ahead of the curve with that kind of a concept. He, was. he really was. Because the Dark Tower, that's something you, I mean, you could, you can't do it in just movies. You have to do, I think you could do it as just a series, but it might be better served if you do kind of both. I, I guess, I mean. But of course, this depends on me reading them. I don't actually know this, so. Yeah, I'll leave it to the At people. At the very least, definitely a series, because someone, I saw, on, I saw on Facebook the other night, you know, someone was like, can you imagine if Harry Potter had come out now and it just been a TV series, like each book was an entire season? I think fans still would have found something to bitch about, but with the series, there would have been a lot less left out. Oh, yeah. I, here's the thing, though. Fans are always going to find something to bitch about. This so, is true. I say, I say make it as good as you possibly can without them having something to bitch about. Okay, another couple quick points, and then we can wrap up. Um... You started talking about the Anne Rice uh, series. Yes. They're talking about doing a vampire series. Mm -hmm. Vampire Chronicles. That would be awesome. Um, and I, I believe it would start with interview and just see. I don't know the actual plan roadmap. Uh, she posts stuff on her page every now and then that, you know, her son's working on it. Uh, but I believe the I from what I understand, and this was me reading about the concept. We're talking five, eight years ago was season one is interview season two vampire lestat season three queen of the damned that's the way i would do it and just keep going and then if i mean i think if that once you get to around like blackwood farms and a few other ones they start to bring in the witches of may i was about to say i'd kind of want to i'd kind of want to switches so you'd have to at, at some point kind of do a buffy and angel thing where you're going to have to have x season of the Vampire Chronicles parallel to Lasher and Taltos. Right. And get to the Mayfair Witches, because then they do come together. In the last few uh, Vampire Chronicle books, like The Dark Prince and all that, they've got members of that Mayfair family that are vampires. Well, what you could do is... Um, now, granted, I've only seen the first season of His Dark Materials, but... Second season was good. Um... In the first season, they kind of had the one story going parallel to another story. You could kind of do that with a full season. Like, you could have, just depending on where Witching Hour, Taltos, and Lasher fall on the timeline, have, like, part of the witch's story going on, part of the vampire story going on during the same season. You could. You, you could, could, com you could combine them. Um, they kind of still do that parallel story thing a bit in season two of Dark Materials. Uh, but once they get... Um, those two young characters together. Yeah, it's pretty much on from that point, yeah. It's then you, you've you got their story and yes. then somebody else's. Yeah. So they, they still do that parallel thing till they meet and then they do it again mm. until all these all the moving parts come together. Gotcha. Which they haven't got to yet. Um, I still think uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda was probably the best part of season one. He was fantastic as Lee Scoresby. Yes, and, I'm and not I say that, and I say that with a heavy heart because I liked Sam Elliott really scores being there in the movie. Yes, and I have not. He was the be, he was clearly the best part of that film. I have not read the books, um, and I don't know if you have, so I won't spoil season two. I have not read the books, and I haven't seen season two. I'm a terrible person. No, that's fine. <laughs> I don't want to spoil season two. Thank you. Um, um, but anyway, my mashup idea was Lestat and Louis. 
decide to move up to they for whatever reason they get tired of living in fucking Swampville, Louisiana. <laughs> Well, after after I would say the success of True Blood, it it be it became too. I don't know, mainstream cliche cliche. Even not even it was it was it became vulgar to to Lestat to live in Louisiana with all yeah. these vampire fam people just kind of flocking there because of True Blood. Oh, that works out even better because guess what? They decided to move to upstate Washington. <laughs> Where they run into the Cullen family. <laughs> oh, they're going to kill the fucking Cullens. <laughs> so Except was, for Alice. Leave Alice alive. I love Alice. So they're going to... So there's your mashup idea. <laughs> I want... You want to mash up anything with Twilight. You give me Blade. <laughs> <laughs> I just... I just like the idea of Lestat looking... Did that... That motherfucker just sparkled, right? <laughs> you saw that, right? <laughs> and even Louie's like, that shit ain't cool. It's like, dude, I'm gay, but I ain't that gay. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that that was that was an ill-timed gay joke. I'm sorry. Oh my god. Well, hold on. We we could even get worse because you know, remember that uh Jacob imprints on young Esme. Oh lord. And uh or whatever the hell the baby's name was. It imprints on mm-hmm. a baby. And imprinting to them, it's becomes like at some point when they're old enough, it's a romantic thing. And they explain what imprinting is, and then you have it happen, and then you've got Edward who can read minds, except for Bella's. He realizes what happened. He wants to kill Brian Jacob because he just imprinted on his child. Mm-hmm. So, okay, there's my setup for the joke involving what they did to Claudia. Oh God! <laughs> Holy crap! Because no, not that they kill Claudia. The fact that oh, okay, okay. they embraced Claudia, and there was yeah some sexual overtones to the Claudia character. Well, because especially as she kept aging, but she was still a little girl. I was about to say she keeps aging, but her body's the same. Yeah, it's that's. That's so far beyond fucked up. So for for them, for the for Lestat and Louis to even go, that's too young for even me. <laughs> Sorry, pedophile jokes are not funny. Uh, that's terrible. It is terrible. Hey, I'm just making jokes about what happened in the books and that, the movies. And but no, that it, and that was a thing that fucked me up when I first read Interview with the Vampire. I was like, this is creepy. <laughs> well, Armand was the boy vampire like he was actually well, yeah he was a boy vampire he was supposed to be made a vampire when he was really really young too not yeah, like, antonio banderas yeah like he not as young as claudia but like 14 yeah 15. He, was, he was still a kid but claudia was like fucking seven eight yeah <laughs> like that's there's <laughs> like apparently nobody told lestat hey there's some shit you just don't do son <laughs> actually they probably did but knowing lestat, knowing lestat he, he probably said ah fuck it he ignored the rules. He's always ignored yeah, the rules. He's, he's the rebel prince. Yeah, Come shit. on. Now I'm just... It's really sad the Queen of the Damned movie was not great. The soundtrack is killer. Soundtrack is good. It's got some Deftones on it. I can live without that. You watch your mouth. I'm not a Deftones fan. I'm sorry. But uh, it, it... Queen of the Damned was one of those movies... I knew going in that I wasn't going to get the full book. Dude, it was two books in one. Well, that's, that's, yeah. (laughs) So I knew going in that it was going to be spliced all to hell, but I still enjoyed it for what it was. I think the guy they had as Lestat, what, Stuart Townsend? Yeah. I'm fine. He was a good choice for a Lestat when he couldn't get Tom Cruise back. Fine. Sadly, Aaliyah as uh, Akasha, we... And she's no longer with us. So it's not like you can bring her back as the queen. No, but she was good, too. Yeah. I mean, they had some good choices. It's, and for the era they made the movie in, if Lestat were to be in a band, that's the type of music he'd do. It would have been new metal. Yeah. But when you take a look at the vampire Lestat itself takes place in the 80s, man. He was a hair metal band. Mm-hmm. I'd do that. Set it, do the vampire Lestat. Set it in the 80s. Actually, I don't even know if he'd be a hair metal. I, I picture it as more like Sisters of Mercy type guy. Maybe. He may be more glam rock, too. I don't know. I could see that. 
But anyway, I don't think he'd be full on goth rock. I don't. Th- I think Lestat would not have gone goth rock with it in the '80s, just because that'd be too on the nose, too obvious, <laughs> and therefore not not sporty enough. Like, <laughs> okay, I, I I see what you're saying, but yeah, it's Queen of the Damned was one of the rare instances where I was like, okay, I'm gonna roll with the changes you've made to these two books and just enjoy this movie for a movie. It's a very rare occasion for me. It's a very rare occasion. It's also a very rare occasion that I had already read the source material and was just like, I'm actually fine with this. (laughs) That never happens. (laughs) That's why I always see the movies first. (laughs) Okay. One more fun thing before we go. So here's another Thundercats mashup. (laughs) Okay, so two ships set off from Thundera. The one had Lion-O in them. The other one had a smaller, lesser-known group of Thundercats. They ended up on a very different planet. A planet called Melmac. You knew where I, you, 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 you figured it out already. So are we doing a horror movie? A horror movie where the Thundercats land on an entire planet of Alphs. That eat cats. Yep. <laughs> they, have, they have to, they have to uh, survive in the wilds of Melmac. <laughs> oh my God. You're welcome. You like taking like little furry creatures and making them vicious, like Ewoks and mm-hmm. now Alf. I mean, to be fair, they're Thundercats. They would still, they might still have a fighting chance against a bunch of Alfs, but an entire planet full of them, they're probably gonna die. Yeah, no, they're getting eaten. They're gonna die. There's gonna be a freaking like Luau. It, it, it's like Alien in reverse. Because you land on a planet of, like, one alien that kills your entire crew. No, your entire crew comes to a planet full of aliens. Here's a, here's a mashup for you. We're gonna, I'm going to mash up some post-apocalyptic stuff. Ooh. And I'm going to go Waterworld and Mad Max. Yeah. So we get Mad Max out of the freaking desert. Well, because, I mean, that's basically what Waterworld was. It was yeah, or could Mad we, Max on the water. Or do we... Or, well, we could do two mashups. We do it... Mad Max in the water with Kevin Costner so we can get Max out of the fucking sand for a little while. Then you got to do the mashup where the, the dude with gills ends up in a place with no fucking water. <laughs> <laughs> well, he can still breathe. He just... Yeah. So he, he would do that. The guy from Fury Road that's do not uh, become addicted to water. Oh, Kevin Costner kicked that fucker's ass. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm intrigued to see Furiosa. They're doing the movie about her. Oh man, I want it. I want I I want anything that Miller's going to give us in addition to Fury Road because Fury Road was just so chaotic. It was it was good. It was brilliant. I just felt that like Max did, had very little to do. Yeah, it really wasn't It really wasn't his story, honestly. It wasn't. <laughs> but like hell even the other ones. Okay, the First, uh, Mad Max was his story. Road Warrior was his story. Thunderdome wasn't. No, not really. Thunderdome was about that group of uh, kids and all that wanting to get to wherever the city was. I can't remember what they called it now. But it was their story. And they were talking about the man who helped them, which was Max. Mm -hmm. So I feel like he should have had a bit more to do with helping Furiosa. Than he did. Yeah. <laughs> like he was kind of just there as the fly on the wall for most of the movie. Yeah. Basically, yeah. And I'm um, that was a serious underutilization of Tom Hardy. Kinda, yeah. Cause I I was at first I'm like, that's not who I'd cast as the new new Mel Gibson. Can't we get Mel Gibson to come back as Max? Like, what else is he doing besides hating on Hebrew people? But I'm glad you saved that. <laughs> and calling people sugar tits. Oh wow. Yeah. Police officers specifically. Yes. yes. Uh God. It's so bad. It's so horrible when your heroes fall, isn't it? Every day. Oh my god. It's like every day I see something trending on Twitter, I'm like, oh god, what now? 
Just it, it, is it sad that we see a name trending? You're just hoping it's because they've died, right? And it's not something far worse. Ah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I feel like to have Tom Hardy as good of an actor as he is, and we've seen it in Dark Knight Rises, Venom. Yes, we have seen that episode. The um the movie was he in Bronson? I don't know. He's been he's in a lot of shit, but yeah, the dude's the dude's great. Yeah, he's good. And I would have loved to have actually seen him kind of channel some Mel Gibson as Max Rockatansky. Right. And we didn't get to see it. <laughs> yeah, well, it was still a great movie and a good story. They so. should have brought back the gyro captain from Thunderdome. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> What I'd watch. We have all these different versions of the post-apocalyptic. Well, give me give me a Mad Max Tank Girl mashup. That would work. That'd be awesome. I still want Lori Petty as Tank Girl. I want more cyberpunk movies like Blade Runner and shit. Mm -hmm. I want way more of them than we've currently got. Yes, I agree. There should be. I would argue that I would like to see a really well done. Steampunk. That too. Now, Car yeah. Carnival Row on Amazon with uh, Orlando Bloom is kind of steampunk. I would also or I would also argue that Mortal Engines is kind of steampunkish. Yeah, I could see that too. I did like that one. But I want to see a full-on like steampunk universe. Oh yeah. Like they could do that the third Bioshock. Oh, man, I would love to see all of the Bioshock uh, games turn into movies. That would rule. But uh, Now I'm going to go on a tangent. We're going to finish up, but I have a tangent. A uh, guy at a meeting I was at on Wednesday was g working on getting a VR headset. I think his wife says she's going to get him one for his birthday. They have released in VR Mist. Yes. Yes, they have. Well, oh, my God. <laughs> I, it'll still take me three hours to, have to figure out the one goddamn puzzle. Dude, I would. Um, that would be the one game, one series of games I would love in VR. Would be Myst, Riven, Myst mm -hmm. 3 and 4. I played them all. <laughs> it VR is is pretty fun. I got to give it that. I think, I think that's the kind of game I'd like because it's puzzles. It, Myst is sort of like the... Origin of the escape room, almost. Kind of, kind of, sort of, yeah. And I think that might be why I love escape rooms so much, is because there's the games like Mist, uh, Seventh Guest. Oh yeah, yeah. Hell, Uninvited on the Nintendo. Yes. They're all just puzzle games to get you from one room to another mm -hmm. to piece together whatever the hell the plot is, and yeah, that was the best part of Mist was all the like the puzzles. Yeah, the story was okay, but just the graphics. As every every missed game came out, the, the graphics got better. <laughs> yeah. Hey, question: What would happen if Highlanders fought zombies? Because the Highlanders can't technically die just by being eaten. It's true. I don't think you would get. Um, and they can't. And even if they get bitten, how would that work? Like, they wouldn't turn into zombies. I was about to say they couldn't. They can't turn into zombies. They do. I mean, immortals will die. They just come back. They heal, right? Right. So, I would say a zombie, it would just be pointless. Like the, they probably wouldn't even die from the zombie bite. It would probably just sit there, fester, and then close up and be done. Yeah. But they're they're used to beheading things, so, so I don't. So they think, would just be slaughtering zombies left and right. Yeah, it would be. It would just be a slaughter fest. Okay. Like that one scene in uh, Dawn of the Dead where they're outside and there's just a sea of zombies. You can just drop one immortal in the middle of that with a sword. And just have them just, just <laughs> clearing house. It, <laughs> it'd be like it'd be like that, that scene in Serenity when they open up rivers, full can of whoop-ass exactly. on all the reavers. So there's a mashup I want. And um, there's a show Sci-Fi did called Dark Matter mm -hmm. that was... They canceled it, too, after three seasons or whatever. Really good show. I had very, very low expectations because it's a sci-fi original. Right. The, the cast was good. The characters were compelling. The concept was interesting. 
that they all wake up on the ship and they don't know who the hell they are. Oh, that one. Okay, yeah. And then they pe- they start to piece together who they are. And so they're, it's kind they're of like bad, Lost in Space. Sort of, but they're actually bad guys. Sorry, the the show Lost, but set in space. Not Lost in Space with the robot and Danger Will Robinson. No. Um, <laughs> they forget. They don't know who they are or why they're on the ship. Because they went into like a cryo sleep or whatever and somebody wiped their memories. Mm-hmm. They start to piece together the, what's happened because their memories have actually been uploaded to a computer. They can mm-hmm. get them back. They find out that they're actually the villains. But, oh, but oh. they don't want to be the villains anymore. They are now different people because the reasons they were the bad guys have been taken out of their brain. They don't. That's not them anymore. It's a really interesting concept. Huh. As they start to reclaim their old identities and uh, there's some time travel stuff going on, too. Um, but I want that to mash up with Firefly. <laughs> okay. Because it takes place in space. There's all these different federations of planets, and it's not like it's not. It could very well be the same universe because we don't know how big of the universe we've got with Firefly, and they're kind of space pirates. Well, hell, you can mash up just about any space show with any other space show. You could have Firefly come across the Nostromo. I mean, whatever. <laughs> That's just one idea I had when we were watching it. I'm like, oh, please. I just want them to walk into one space bar and have Adam Baldwin sitting there with Vera, the gun. That's it. You don't have to do anything else with him. Yeah. Just have just him a little nod. Like, hell, I don't care if they're like, they were filming and Adam Baldwin just showed up as an extra and sat there <laughs> in the background with that fucking knit cap on. Yes. So we would all know who he is. Like in Spider-Man 2... Uh, Thomas Jane showed up on set and walked through a scene. As Punisher? As Punisher. Nice. And it was the scene where Mary Jane is running in her wedding dress mm-hmm. toward wherever Peter's at. He's walking this way, wearing all black, and looks back at her as he as she runs. It's a blink and you'll miss a thing, but there is Frank Castle in a Spider-Man movie. I'll have to remember to watch for that next time I watch that film. You can look it up. I think they've got slow-mos of it on YouTube. That's awesome. So look, there we go. There was a crossover that Thomas Jane just did himself. Nice. So I think there's a good note to end it on because why not? <laughs> Absolutely. I've I've got all my uh, mashups out of the way for. Oh, I can. I I'm sure I prepared. can come up with. Plenty more, but oh yeah, give me give me like a few weeks. <laughs> I, there's all kinds of things you could mash up. I mean, Adam's Family Monsters. Yeah. Um, good lord. I was just especially proud of the uh, Thundercats Alf one. That's. <laughs> that's what I was like, there is another trademark is taking uh, puppets and making them the murder murderous creatures. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> so now I need to figure out what we can cross over Gremlins with. Oh, give me time. I'll critters, think of something. Gremlins and Critters. Actually, you know, I had thought about something like that. Critters and Munchies are basically the same goddamn thing. I loved Munchies. Make, make those two make those two things happen. You fucking shine the Munchies of sunlight and they turn to stone. Mm-hmm. And the Critters. And then there was Ghoulies. I was about... And Ghoulies. You could throw all three of them together. They're really all Can the same Can we throw thing. Chud in there somewhere, too? Why not? It's the 80s. <laughs> all right, Hollywood. You hear all that? We got... We're just... We're money over here you're yeah, just we, not we're bursting with ideas man you're Come just on and hire us yeah hire us you're not taking advantage of all this great brilliant um original thinking that's coming out of my mouth as i stutter <laughs> <laughs> uh, until oh. next time hey hollywood hire us Carry movies home in a jar And be better off than you are Oh, won't you rather be a mule? A mule is an animal with long funny ears He kicks up at anything he hears His back is brawny and his brain is weak He's just plain stupid with a stubborn streak And by the way, if you hit the ghost Be a mule. Or would you like to swing on a star? A 
carry moonbeams home in a jar. And be better right than you are. Oh, won't you rather be a fish? A fish is an animal that swims in a brook. Can't write his name or read a book. To fool the people is his only thought. And though he's slippery, he still gets caught. If that sort of life is what you wish. You may grow up to be a fish Delish. Or would you like to swing or stop Every man games home and a job And be better off than you are Or would you rather be a pig A pig is an animal with dirt on his face His shoes are a terrible disgrace He's got no manners when he eats his food He's fat and lazy and extremely rude But if you don't care a feather or a fig You may grow up to be a pig And all the monkeys born in the zoo Every day you see quite a few So you see, it's all up to you You could be better than you are Swinging on a star. You could be swinging on a star. You could be swinging on a star. Tommy, yes, Eddie. You could be swinging on a star. You could be swinging on a star. You could be swinging on a star, my man. Hey, don't I know it? You could be swinging on a star. You could be swinging on a star. Let's take it home. You could be. Swinging on a star.